Careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Hello and welcome to Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries and this is the podcast that has some of your favorite artists drop the needle on their record and give us the stories that go with the song. On this episode, Paul Young talks about I'm going to tear your playhouse down. It probably could have been bigger if we'd have overlaid rock guitar over the top of it, but me being the stubborn old sod that I am, I refused. That's coming up in a few minutes. But first, Jim Cuddy from Blue Rodeo with a cut from the band's Five Days in July album, an album born after a very loud tour. Here's Jim and Bad Timing. We did this record after we had come back from the Lost Together tour. The Lost Together tour was incredibly loud tour, and we were pretty fatigued ear-wise and body-wise. So we decided that we were going to do, we did a bunch of, Greg and I had written a bunch of songs, and we decided that we were going to do uh, an acoustic record. We were going to go to Greg's farm and set up in his living room with a, with a, a truck, Doug McClement's truck, and just uh, do this acoustic record. But we were going to do it in a very unusual style. We were going to just have our friends come around, and we got all ready, and, then, and they could just come and camp out for the weekend, come in and out of the room, and maybe get people to sing along and uh, join us for different songs. But we weren't going to have any worries about people ruining takes or making noise or anything like that. Um, we asked Sarah McLaughlin to come and she came for about five days and just, <laughs> five days, uh, she came for about five days to, and we just played the songs. And then when we, when we recorded them, we just did them in a room with it, with an open screen door, dogs coming in and out, uh, people camping outside. And uh, the funny thing was that sometimes these things work out so well that we didn't miss, there was what, not a single take that, was, um, that was, was ruined because somebody swore or said anything or slammed something or there was a dish crashing in the, in the kitchen. And all the while, Mimi, our good friend, was making food, and and uh, it was just one of those events that that happened almost without uh, any obstacles. It was a it was a pretty magical time, and we we sort of became a bit more of a folky country band at that point. Up to that point, we'd had four records, and those four records had been pretty dominated by electric guitars and and uh, energetic music. There was vibey music, but there was, but they were, they were aggressive. And this one was was just, uh, we just sort of went for a vibe. We went to calm our souls, and the songs were really suited to that. Um, all the playing is live. Like the solos had to be right. Uh, the solo that you're hearing now, James Gray did on a little upright piano. It was in the room with everything else. You just had to do a perfect solo or else we had to do the take again. We really didn't have to do too many takes again. It was it was just kind of unfolded in a perfect perfect way. And you also have to appreciate that if bands get together with, with a lot of their friends, there's going to be a lot of uh, intoxicants and mind-altering things. And that worried me because I thought, well, you know, people are going to get sloppy. It's going to get terrible. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. And we had, uh, everybody played with such focus and we had all our friends, so the Sky Diggers were there, they, they sang on a song. Sometimes it didn't work out, but, but they sang. 
Obviously, Sarah, who's truly a, one of the greatest gifts Canada has ever had, and was such a musical person. She sang along on, on all the songs, and she was absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't think we had anybody else play along, but, but uh, so this was sort of a funny emblem of the, of, the, uh, of the time, because this couldn't have been further from the truth. It should have been like this mellow, just smoke coming out because it was such a, was such a mellow record. What's on the inside here? Let's have a look. Oh. <laughs> and this, of course, has nothing to do with it. This is, a, this is just a shot from a bridge in, in Toronto, just to make us look like rock stars. But truly, it was such a magical time. And, and, uh, and I think that for me, what it did for the band was it expanded their repertoire. Of, of songs we could do. We we're no longer afraid to do acoustic music and and we also were, Greg and I had always been known as a singing act, but we'd never taken all the noise away and just sang. And this was one song where just the singing was perfectly clear. So it was, it was a very good thing for us. Jim Cuddy in Blue Rodeo and Bad Timing on Behind the Vinyl. Paul Young tears the playhouse down in a couple of minutes. Uh, but right now, Kim Mitchell grabs a copy of Max Webster's A Million Vacations and tells us about Let Go the Line on Behind the Vinyl. This is a Terry Watkinson composition. And how is it as simple as this sounds? I almost had trouble playing this part coming up. It's just odd fingering on a guitar because it's written by a keyboard player. But I love how Terry's stuff sat with Max Webster's sort of wackiness. And, uh, and he did weird, like early days of synthesizer, he always had this wacky thing going on on Cynthia. We'd always be sitting in the studio and everything he'd play, we'd go, we'd look at each other and go, would you have thought of that? It's like, no. And this song for Ma this just to feel like Max Webster, it, was, it sits at the pinnacle of, of, it got the most airplay, it was the most successful song we had. We used the uh, real TSO players. In this, that's Toronto Symphony. It uh, had charts written, it was like, wow, we're, we're really, <laughs> this is like, Real string section. What was funny though, I, during this song, I remember, think about the, we did two or three takes on this for with the strings and they did one take and we thought, okay, let's do it one more time. And they all en masse got up and left the studio because it was union break. We didn't know where they, they didn't say, excuse me, it's union break, we're gonna take a break. They just went, and they, they got up and left. They didn't even say anything. We're like, where are they going? Did they quit? Terry's an awesome writer. Nice piano part here. Beautiful changes. Yeah, Terry. Uh, yeah, Terry brought a really nice thing to, to us. 
And uh, I remember seeing him in, in my hometown in a group called the Rock Show of the Yeoman. And it was like, wow, he's a, he's a great player. Who knew that years later, he'd be walking down the basement in our house to uh, join the band. It's great. Oh, <laughs> that line. Dan, dan, dan. I can't tell you the number of times I choked on that. Doesn't sound like I did though, right? Yeah, it's pretty easy. How he makes it sound easy. He was like sweating away. Kim Mitchell on Behind the Vinyl, going back to his Max Webster days with Let Go of the Line. Next, Paul Young, and I'm going to tear your playhouse down. A song he says was added to his Secret of Association album following the advice of his manager. And the advice was pretty cold. There were two tracks that uh, we went back to and we recorded after we thought we'd made the album. As we took the manager to the album, he said, this album's too dark, it's really drab. He says, were you depressed or something? You, we need uh, a couple of more poppy songs to lighten the album up, because on your first album, you, you were a pop star. Now, this is going to be too big a jump from going from pop star to being something serious, so we need two more pop songs. So one publisher sent us a cassette with two songs on it, and it was every time you go away, and I'm going to tell you Playhouse down. And we went back and we did them both, which normally that never happens. People send me songs from publishing companies. I just go, that is so not what I want to do, you know. But uh, it, uh, this tape came, and it was right on both occasions. And I found out afterwards the reason why was uh, there was a temp secretary working in the publisher's office, and she was she used to go and see the Q-Tips, which was my previous band. And when uh, one of the guys was playing these songs in the office, particularly every time we go away, um, she came in and said, "You should send that to Paul Young." And and I ended up doing it, which is incredible. Um, so this was on the tape as well. Uh, the MP was version is very slow. It's kind of Al Green, and it's very kind of slow like that. But we thought the lyric of the song is quite an angry lyric, so we thought it would suit an up tempo version. So we decided straight away to step up the uh, the tempo of the song. And uh, this, I think that. The thing that makes this completely original, and in some ways it was a, it became a problem, is uh, that Pino came up with putting the bass through an divider, which fattens the bass to the point where it almost envelops the track. But then what happened then was, what the bass plays is normally what a guitar would play. Normally if you have a rock hit, it's the guitar going down and down, down, you know, but for him to play it on a bass through an divider was a totally new thing. Um, and I think that's what makes it sound really, really individual. But the problem it gave us was, uh, in America, and I've always had trouble with their segregated radio system, is they said the rock stations won't play it because there's not enough guitar on it. And I said, there doesn't need to be. The bass is playing the riff. But that was the problem. And although it was a hit, it probably could have been bigger if we'd have overlaid rock guitar over the top of it but me being the stubborn old sod that I am I refused Paul Young and I'm going to tear your playhouse down on Behind the Vinyl and that's going to do it for this installment you can hear more of your favourite Behind the Vinyl episodes wherever you listen to podcasts I'm Stu Jeffries until next time this has been Behind the Vinyl the podcast hosted by Stu Jeffries audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse Derek Walsman and Troy McCallum thanks for listening